welcome to the Queen Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today our guest is Steve Jerk. Steve Jerk is an Indianapolis-based comic, host, single father, male nurse, and man of faith. And we talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. Good to be in California, the melting pot of the world. Uh, so far, I've been mistaken for just about every ethnicity there is. So, imagine the disappointment when people find out I'm a white guy with a nice tan. Privileged class. I kind of feel bad about that sometimes, you know. A uh, wealthy, educated, conservative Christian, straight white male. You know, it's indefensible, really. <laughs> I, I, I take the blame for any wrong that anyone's committed from any single sect, you know? Yeah. And I'm in a lot of unprotected sex, basically. <laughs> I do a lot of party tricks, that's just one of them, guys. <laughs> Oh, Steve Jerk, thank you for joining us on the show. Steve, I can't wait to get to know you a bit on this. Uh, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Of course. Uh, okay, so that was unprotected sex. As yeah, you might want to spell that out. Not, not a dirty word uh, for <laughs> my comedy. No. It was a pun. <laughs> it was a pun, and that makes you a man after my own heart. <laughs> But no, the real question is, okay, so uh, you and I met uh, over the summer in Indianapolis, or beautiful uh, downtown Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but in your clip, it, you said you've been mistaken for all these different ethnicities, and I saw you, you had long hair, but I've also seen you pictures of you with really short hair, and I've seen you with a really good tan, so give us a mental picture, right? What are we looking at at the moment, <laughs> as this is an audio podcast? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I and I have plenty of audio uh, audio gags in the in the clip you showed. So it was it was a lot funnier than uh, the, the two people <laughs> laughing sounded. <laughs> but uh, no, at my very first clean comedy challenge, uh, where where well, we didn't meet at our, my very first. It was in uh, in Florida, and I had very short hair. And um, I think I think uh, the producer Leslie uh, Norris Townsend. She um, she she didn't have much to say for my comedy because she, she probably didn't know where to begin. But she said, uh, "Steve, you've got great hair. You should if you could grow your hair, you should grow out your hair." You know that's uh, that's a, that's really a pretty spot good. on, Leslie. Yeah, and, and just for future, we we are working on scheduling uh, Leslie as our very next guest. Oh wow! Well, so, so she's going to listen to this, and yeah. then she'll never talk. Yeah, we'll be going to get that recorded before this airs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah get, get her on the hook before she. Is. Yeah. Uh, but no, she said, you know, the idea was if you, you know, if you can grow your hair, a lot of people can't grow your hair, you know. So yeah. uh, I did, and um, a few a few years ago, she saw me, and it's it's about halfway down my back now. Oh goodness! And she she said, Steve. You can you can stop growing your hair. Now. <laughs> it's so, time to stop. <laughs> so somewhere it started working against me, and now uh, it, people make the Jesus jokes all the time. Okay, um, all right, yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, I, I do a little bit of acting, and I, I figured, um, you know, once I play the role of Jesus, then I can cut my hair. And uh, apparently, I'm 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 not good enough to get cast for that part. So I've <laughs> I've played uh, yes. I've played everybody, but you know I've done the disciples and Moses and a Roman soldier, but never never <laughs> Jesus. So okay, uh, but uh, no, to, you, to to get the nice tan, you have to be in California. Okay, uh, I grew up in Florida, so I'm I'm all about being out in the sunshine yeah. and uh, and working on the tan. But living in Indiana, um, you know, here it's February or no, it's March now, and um, yeah. There's just no good. There's not a good enough reason to get outside and get the sun, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. I stay pretty pale these days. <laughs> well, as as we are uh, in West Michigan, um, we are honing in on a weekend that's supposed to get to fifty, Ooh, which which will give us that uh, March in like a lamb. So yeah. we're we're going to expect uh, uh, I don't know a tidal wave, monsoon, uh, earthquakes, dogs and cats living together. Um, at the end yeah. of the month, something like that. 
<laughs> yeah, ca- careful with with everything that's happened over the last couple of years. It, some of that stuff could happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think monsoon's about the only thing we haven't had in the last yeah, few right. years. So, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good point. Um, we got yeah. the giant wave. I don't know if you've seen any of this in the news or you know obscure news sources, but uh, there's a giant wave that's like 1,200 feet high that is out in the uh, Pacific. Uh, and, uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's headed toward massive populated areas. So we're all going to die. Everybody in uh, Again? the Pacific Northwest <laughs> is going to surf to Denver. And that's, <laughs> I, that's I think I saw that movie. Yeah. But... Wasn't there like a satellite or an asteroid or something careening towards earth? Like last week that was supposed to take us all out or yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it was like <laughs> it was going to be close, but close in astronomy is millions of miles. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a big deal. Uh, so <laughs> let's shift you back over from uh, mass destruction uh, to you grew up in Orlando, Florida. So a lot of time at Disney or not. You know, what what was that like? You know, uh, we, we weren't exactly wealthy, so we had to go on the discount days. Uh huh. Um, so it was like you could go in, you know, a few hours before closing and they'd let you walk around and look at the lines. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we, we, we have, they probably still do Night of Joy where they have all these Christian concerts come in. And uh-huh. then you have to decide, do you want to go to the concert or do you want to you know, see it's a small world? Or Space all. Mountain. Yeah, come on. Space Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember when Universal Studios opened up, they used us all, all Florida residents. We were the guinea pigs. Oh, okay. uh, so we got to ride all the rides um, that were that we, they were not fully functioning yet. Um, okay. And um, <laughs> yeah. you're going to ride this coaster and then it's going to get to the top and then you just walk down from there. Yeah, you, you pretty much stand in line. It's it's like your typical uh, amusement park experience. You stand in line for two and a half hours, but then when you get to the ride, that's when they decide it's got to be shut down because it's not functioning right. So, oh. um, you know, all kinds of fun just uh, yeah. to stand around in, in lines. It's good practice for adulthood. Right. So, yeah. uh, well, <laughs> among your you, you've mentioned you've done some acting, and I know that you uh, are available for voice work, as I am as well. Um, but when I was trying to dig up some information on you, I ran into this, and I got to ask. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> you perform at singing telegrams. <laughs> 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 that's, that's my dirty little secret. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you're our fourth guest who does singing telegrams. So oh, wow. wow. Just just this that's, week, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a lie. Sorry. Yeah. That's, okay. <laughs> that's a first for us. Yeah. So <laughs> now, now I I totally understand things that end up on a resume and then you just don't do them anymore or you know haven't done them in a while or anything. Um, but I gotta know how how did you get into that and and then are you still doing that? Oh, man. Well, I'd, I'd love to say no, but, you know, um, <laughs> it's how I got into it that's, that always makes it a thing that I'll, I'll do. Um, no, I, I had done I had done some acting. I was kind of doing the, the open mic circuit in stand up and um, just kind of realized I was driving all over the place um, to do you know, the same set in front of the same group of comics and usually an empty room, uh, at a, at a bar or restaurant. Um, and I just thought I'm not being stretched enough here. You know, I, I throw in new jokes and stuff, but you know, small crowds and a lot of gas money. And I, so I decided to do theater. Uh, and I, I thought I'll go, I'll just go to auditions and at least that way I'll get, I'll get some kind of feedback. I'll, I'll practice sort of being yeah. in front of a crowd, being nervous, being judged, and, um, you know, uh, that's the secret, the secret to being a good comic is knowing how to bomb, uh, True. And, yeah. <laughs> and live yeah. through it and know that you'll live through it. So I was really going to these auditions, um, really looking, looking for a good time, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, first audition I went to, I was about an hour's drive, uh, South of, of where I live and I got the part, um, and I thought, well, shoot, there, there goes my social life. Yeah. Um, right. Few months. <laughs> um, and, um, before I, before we closed that show, one of the actresses I worked with, uh, was directing another play. And so I went to that and then I showed up at the wrong place for rehearsal <laughs> and, um, they were holding, they were holding <laughs> auditions for another play, uh, as well. So b- between 
the the audition I went to and the audition I accidentally showed up for, I ended up getting cast in two more parts. And then, you know, the the curse of having a really supportive theater scene is that you kind of get swallowed up into it. And you can't. It's like a cult. You can't get out of it. True story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, no, we've got a great community theater scene here in Indianapolis, and um, and I rode that, uh, you know, for for many years. Really enjoyed working with some really talented folks here, and um, uh, that's all just a setup for for the the answer to your question. But clearly, um, yeah, <laughs> promoting my my stand up where I where I book my stand up uh, gigs online, I got a request that was like, we don't we don't want any jokes or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we use the, the same service. I, that's yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've come to the right place. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's either, it's either a uh, gig salad or a uh, gig master. Oh, the bash. It's called the bash now. It's, yeah. Yeah. The bash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's we're, one of those. We're, we're swimming in the same pool. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. And uh, so the, the request was, um, we just want someone to show up as the grim reaper for our boss's 60th birthday party done. And, um, and I thought, I thought, man, that is, there's a million ways that can go wrong. You know, the boss could just straight out punch you, but, um, <laughs> or drop also dead. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you got to stay in character. And like, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You haul him out. You just, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, man, there's no way I, I don't want to do this. So I, um, I was, I, I just, I quoted as if I was going to do like a whole comedy show and uh, yeah. just what I thought was an out, outrageous price for a five minute appearance. Yep. And, um, little did I know the group, uh, the boss was a senior partner at a law firm. Oh. Uh, so money was no object. Yeah. They booked me uh -huh. on the spot and, um, uh, and I had to, I had to find a Grim Reaper costume and, and go do the thing. And uh, <laughs> it was, I had, a, I had a ton of fun. You know, people were laughing without me having to tell jokes, which was, which was better than uh, sometimes when I do have to tell jokes. So yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> and on my ride home from that, I got a call from an actress uh, that I had worked with, and she asked if I knew anybody who did singing telegrams. And, um, at this point I, I still have, you know, the, the paint on my face and uh, half the costume still on <laughs> and, uh, the rest is history from, <laughs> from well, there. I don't know how to say this, but I'm currently dressed as the grim reaper. Yeah. And, uh, well, I've already got one costume. Yeah. So. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so, uh, singing telegrams, uh, costume, uh, do you have a, a like a little, selection of things that you typically do or um well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i do um yes and I enjoy, answer is yes I, brian yes yes <laughs> yes we had a little costume shop that uh that i rented the second telegram i did i, I found that i could rent a costume and I, I i walked in as a like 10 foot tall turkey um and just <laughs> just this ridiculous song and dance, you know, and, it, um, uh, they've gone out of business, so I, I don't rent costumes anymore, but I've, I've got quite a few. I've made some of my own. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I have a, I have a fat suit that, um, you're going to love this. It's the perfect body shape for uh, the Grinch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, if you take the, if you take the green fur off and throw on a business suit, it's also the body shape for Donald Trump. So it's really, oh. It's a really versatile uh, fast it's suit. Really uh, versatile. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's, it's funny. I I have a similar suit that uh, when I put it on, it makes me look like a skinny guy. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Those are the best kind. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what? I am shopping at the wrong costume shop. I, I think it's, it's called spandex or spandex. Oh, spandex. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, one of the things you touched on in there was uh, you're doing the open mic circuit. So what what is it that got you started doing comedy? Oh, you know, it was it was um, I think for a lot of us, it was doing comedy when I shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it's that, um, you know, don't quit your day job sort of theme, <laughs> feedback. Like, or maybe just do your day job instead of doing comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was at work, I was at work and I had a bunch of friends and, and, um, 
you know, somebody would tell me something funny that happened to them. And, uh, and I, then I would tell someone else, Hey, do you, do you hear what happened to, uh, you know, to Brittany the other day at the zoo? And then they'd, uh, you know, I tell them the story and it would get back to Brittany, you know, and, and she said, man, you, you tell the story better than I do. And you weren't even there. Um, so I, you know, I took some artistic liberties with other people's stories and, um, and I would get the, the person who was in the story requesting me to tell it to coworkers. Uh, but, uh, you know, I work in ICU and, and I think if any nurses out there working, um, through COVID can relate, man, it's, it's a high intensity, high stress area. It always has been, you know, you're seeing, you're seeing people at their, at the end of the rope. Uh, and, and, and seeing people pass away. It just, it's just a lot of stress. And when we have a chance to, uh, to unwind, um, you know, we, we take that chance. And, and so there was, you know, there, there would be pockets of time or, or, you know, when things would be calm and quiet, uh, right there in the middle of the ICU, man, I'd start cutting up and telling jokes and, and just stories. And I had a buddy of mine, he said, man, you, you got to go into stand up. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I, I took it as a, a flippant little comment and mm-hmm. uh, he persisted, man, no, I'm serious, man. You need to go, you need to go to, uh, to the comedy club and, and do an open mic or something. Cause you've got, I mean, you just, you got, you need to do stand up. And, um, finally I just, I just kind of quietly ducked into, uh, what's crackers comedy club. They're well, yeah. they've moved locations since then. I, but, I have performed um, there myself a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, I just kind of, and I say snuck in, I bought a ticket for the record, but, um, <laughs> just went by myself, you know, felt like I was going undercover and watched it, watched a few shows. And it was my only night off every week was the same night as their open mic. And after, after going for three or four weeks, um, you know, I started thinking maybe I can do this. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe I need to give it a shot. So I got on the list and, um, then the first night I was there, uh, it was, it ended up being a, a contest night ah. and you had to have, you know, it was a bringer show. You had to have so many friends. So I, I, I got some friends from work to come on out and I, I was real nervous telling them what I was doing. Um, and then as soon as I said, well, you know, we're actually, I swing by the comedy club cause I'm going to do a, a little set, man, they were so excited. How and, fun. um, I, they laughed. They laughed at all my jokes and uh, made the made the the guys running the show think I was funny. And uh, so I won the contest that night and um, got to come back the next week for the finals. And uh, I didn't, man, I didn't win the finals, uh, but uh, I had a, I had so much fun. You know, you get that itch and then you can't mm-hmm. ever you can't ever stop. So I I've been back. Uh, <laughs> I say I've been back ever since. Yeah, but that's, that started me on the path of doing open mics. Um, right. And uh, my very first paid gig was um, this buddy who told me to get into it. His wife uh, hired me to entertain for their Christmas party at work, their her office that she manages. And um, nice, boy, it's like, gosh, you can you can make pocket change doing this. This is great. I'm going to do this forever. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're. Uh, similar to me in that, you know, we have a day well, job, you. you know, that is, you know, people are like, but you have like a, f- that's a real job. It's not like there's a lot of comics out there in the open mics that are, uh, you know, like I work at Subway or I, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Tables and, yeah. yeah, no, no, this is a like a real grown up person's job. Show offs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Searles, the unemployed alcoholic, everybody. Um, <laughs> but but that's the th- the thing with me is it's like well you know i kind of do as much comedy as i can around that yeah. um and then there are you know there are days when i'm working away at my job and i get a little oh, little ping in my head of something and i quick write it down and stuff so i don't miss it but um how do you balance um being an icu nurse where and and I can I can hear the dark comedy building and writing itself all day yeah. every day. Yeah. But how do you balance the the activity, the hours, the time, the stress, the all the things that come from the your career and this other passion you have of doing stand up comedy? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, uh, Brian, it, it, it's it's a as you mentioned, it's a source of material, but it's also kind of a source of energy. I mean, it, it fuels me. 
um, in a lot of ways to just kind of look at um, to just look at the world through a different lens and 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 to just have the need for that release. So I, I think of comedy, um, you know, sometimes I think of it as a, a second career uh, or a side hustle uh, and uh, or a, a hobby that that pays. But um, uh, but but for me, I, I don't think I mean, I I admire the heck out of guys who who jump into comedy full time and uh, and, are, and are very successful at it, because I think if if I um you know, if I if I did that and the gigs slowed down like they have, you know, in the last two years, oh, yeah. um, just sitting idle would just drive me crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know what um, I don't know how I would have survived that. So hats off to the to the comics who, um, you know, keep working and keep writing and, and doing all that stuff. But mm-hmm. part of me, you know, when I hit those dry spells, um, you know, it's 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 nice to stay busy. That actually that constant moving sort of keeps me in the fray and keeps me. Um, thinking up uh, new jokes and, and writing and all of that. So, yeah. um, but but to, to as a point of clarification, um, I I have you asked earlier if I was still a nurse. Uh, <laughs> in, in light of the shortage that uh, that is all over the news, uh, yeah. I have gone um, into uh, teaching at a school of nursing here in Indiana. So uh-huh. I'm trying to help um, kind of the long term recovery from this. You know, a lot of nurses left during COVID just got burnt out. And so, um, I really like to use my, my, my professional time or my day job to help train new nurses. Um, and I like to use my comedy to kind of invigorate, dare I say, old nurses or, or or nurses that are in the trenches kind of getting, getting burnt out and that, that relief. So it was, it was sort of my inspiration for comedy that I, that I hope to use to kind of keep, uh, keep the world of nursing and anybody in healthcare. Yeah. Um, just to keep keep motivated and, and entertained, and that that seems to be um, my favorite kind of shows are just are just uh, working with healthcare people. Yeah, boy, I gotta I gotta jump in here because something that you said just just really uh, struck a chord with me. Because for the last several years, um, I've been involved with uh, with Gilda's Club and uh, specifically their Laughter RX programming with LaughFest. And uh, each year they do a Laughter RX symposium that's for healthcare workers. It's for nurses and it's it's for social workers to come together and and find out how to uh, um, how to use laughter um, in in practice. And man, I got to tell you, the what I've learned out of those is it's so powerful. Um, the people that yeah. are able to in- incorporate that are are really successful. And, the, so I, I forget exactly when this is going to air, but on this year, on March 18th, they're doing another one of these Laughter RX symposiums. Uh, it's from 8.30 a.m. till 12.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on March 18th. And um, people in either social work or nurses uh, can get CPE or CP, CE credit uh, for using that. It's $35 if people need the CE credit. And uh, there's a couple of powerhouse speakers that are coming in that are really experts in this in this area. And incidentally, the people who are not pursuing continuing education credit, they can actually attend this for free. But uh, Ruth Ruth Alman, uh, who's a clinical social work manager and an LCSW, um, she's coming in and she's uh, she's presenting uh, a, a 50 minute presentation on improvisation for caregivers and oh, wow. really going through that, focusing on increasing the quality of life in difficult times. And then, and then Nancy Norton, uh, who's an RN, she's a professional stand-up comedian and a uh, keynote speaker. She's speaking on the power of humor for health, wealth, and happiness. And she's doing actually two full hours of, uh, of stuff. So that's, that's two, uh, CE credits in and of itself. Like this thing, I'm, this sounds awesome. Yeah. I like the people that are in the know to, to get three credits like this of CE for $35 and be able to do it online. Like that's pretty good. And then to have it, it. (laughs) it's the best way to uh, learn education. So that's uh, maybe we could, we'll put a link to this in the thing. Cause that'd be great. Yeah. We absolutely will do that. Yeah. And this will, um, this will drop um, well before that. So uh, it should not be wrong. Good. About 10 days beforehand. So people should have time to still get in on it. 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. The, last year they opened it up, of course, with uh, everything that was going on. They did it for the first time, like uh, in uh, online, and they're keeping it a hybrid approach this time. So, which, which again, free to people who aren't pursuing the the CE credits. So basically, anybody can go and and learn from these folks, and uh, but the people that need the CE credits, that's yeah. that's theirs for there too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, let me redirect you back, Steve, to uh, your teaching at the school of nursing. Uh, I've been following in the news, uh, as you said, nursing shortage, traveling nurses, that kind of thing. But the thing that I had heard uh, in the news that I listened to is uh, the thing that they're really missing is um, people to teach so that we can bring in the next group of nurses. Um, and so I'm imagining you saw that shortage and that was a way for you to give back as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a funny thing. I, I, is, you know, we've been talking about sort of first and second career and, and, and doing this, um, you know, you, you get a, a comedy gig and, um, you know, it's, it's an hour of work <laughs> yep. and, and, you know, and it's, and it's equivalent to, um, you know, weeks or, or uh, months of, <laughs> of work in a professional career. So I'm, I'm blessed to, to be, um, to, to be doing this, both of these things, but, um, you know, a lot of nurses are in a position where they depend on that paycheck from the hospital, um, and, um, to, to go into education and teach nursing is a massive pay cut. Uh, yeah. and that's just something that I, a lot of people don't realize. Um, it, first of all, to teach nursing, you have to have an advanced degree. So you've got to go to grad school. You've got to get a master's or a doctorate. Um, and even when you get, uh, that degree, you're still making less, uh, to teach than you would to be a, a hospital nurse. Uh, and so it's, it, it's, the, it's interesting how the demands, the, <laughs> the demands go up and the pay goes down. And it's, um, it's, it's pretty dramatic, the, the difference there. Yeah. So there's not a lot of people that are, that are flocking to, um, to go in, into teaching nursing. And, uh, and I just saw, I saw an opportunity where, you know, I, I'm kind of blessed to be in this situation to be able to do this, um, to have to have two jobs that I love and um, and one that that sometimes pays disproportionately uh, better than the other. So <laughs> if, if I could do comedy 40 hours a week, I'd, oh. I'd be fine. But yeah. um, <laughs> you know, so, so long as so long as that's not happening, uh, I, I know I'm happy to teach and, and kind of bring up the next generation of nurses and. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very serious. Uh, when I teach, I'm not, I don't have time to cut jokes or I'll never get back on topic. As you're probably, <laughs> as you're probably figuring out now, trying to host this uh, show with me. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, your, your personality uh, is perfect for the podcast. And I can see the uh, hiccup when it comes to, to trying to teach and, and stay on topic and cover an outline and your uh, yeah, the whole curriculum. Yeah, you got to hit all the marks in 50 minutes or less. Yeah, boom. <laughs> well, f- may I please uh, just say thank you for doing that because um, that's an act of service and that's a, a tremendous gift that you're giving back. And uh, I, I respect you for that and I and I, I want to applaud the, your work there. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, so now comes another topic. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, and um, over the summer when uh, we were in uh, in Indianapolis area, uh, we went and did a church show, and there was a particular fundraising element to that. And so um, one of the things that we do is comics from time to time, and um, between now that we're recording this and this drops on uh, Monday, uh, I've got a fundraiser show that I'm doing, and, and so I wanted to talk about that aspect of comedy and fundraising is how do those two go together and um so first of all what's been your experience in um in fundraising is there things that stand out or things that you wish um fundraisers knew when it comes to doing fundraising and involving a comedian well i i feel like and this this has happened in a lot of different um venues but i i feel like uh, organizers or people putting together an event, they think, well, um, let's get a comedian to do this and that will make it fun. That will make it funny. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm honestly surprised I haven't been asked to like, um, 
you know, wait tables or paint a room. Like, well, these are boring things that'll be fun or with a comedian. <laughs> and it's like, you don't know how comedians work because we're, we're going to do a terrible job of, <laughs> of yeah. painting a room if it's going to be funny. Yeah, um, that's but, the point that will be. <laughs> yeah, so it, well, fundraising for a lot of events ends up being um, uh, reading announcements, making introductions, you know, and then sort of living living in the moment and, when something funny happens, rather than it appearing as a mistake, it's a it's a great opportunity for fodder. So, um, I, as much as I hate to say this, yeah, everything is better if you hire a comedian. You're <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> here, here. As, as long as you know your goals going in. Um, right. And uh, I'm I'm really proud of 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 uh, surprisingly, um, you know, ending things on time and and actually. Um, meeting all the objectives without staying on script, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like, well, we're going to have a good time. And, you know, a fundraiser, the main idea is that people, people uh, donate, plain right. and simple. People are moved yeah. to donate money. And so right. using humor to, to get people to think um, about what's, what's really important uh, and, 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 and being able to articulate a message about what an organization is doing um, mm -hmm. while not being, not being too sappy um, or too serious, um, but but just serious enough to get people to, to take action. Uh, that's something that's that's something that I've really uh, really enjoy kind of using that power of comedy and that influence to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and I've I've done you know making announcements, telling people how to bid on auction. I, I mean, I've done silent auctions. I've done I've called auction, and I don't have. Like I have zero training in calling an auction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had you... to have the audience help me remember who just bid on what. You know, yeah, like yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a disaster from this standpoint of how to run an auction. But in, in terms of people laughing said, and having yeah. fun, <laughs> yeah, like you said, as a comedian, you know how to bomb gracefully. You know, yeah, so. yeah. That's, that's the skill that I bring to the table. When yeah. um, this but, goes yeah. south, it's going to be funny. And, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be okay because we're going to have fun crashing yeah. the party. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I've called, I've called bingo, and actually, some of the funner stuff was was like the show we did this summer, Brian, where we it's a show of comedy. We're doing comedy. <laughs> you know, we're just we're selling tickets to a comedy show, and we all get up, do what we love. People have fun, and um, and they make a donation. That's um, yeah. you know. Probably more work than any other fundraiser that I've done. Sure, it's, yeah. It's certainly, um, you know, it's a chance to just kind of get let off the leash and do whatever you want to. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things I'm doing uh, in the one I've got coming up is I, I'm going to do um, like a feature set. Then there's a headline comic that they're bringing in, and then I'm going to come back and do the ask. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and I come from a 20 year career in um, ministry, not for profit work and stuff like that, where I'm very used to what that is. And I know the importance of, well, you can either have somebody in house do the ask, or you can have somebody from outside do the ask. And there are benefits and, and challenges of each one. But having the person outside do it, it's like, wow, this person really believes in this too. And it helps with that. And it's also, um, your your inside staff aren't the ones asking, and yeah. so that can be well, helpful. And, I, and that's a great that's a great point because I find so many organizers they ask every year, um, and a lot are resistant to ask for money because like, well, this is all we do. Every time yeah. they see my, my my name or my face, yeah. people cringe because oh, they're going to ask for more money. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's that, they wouldn't be at a fundraiser if they weren't willing. But yeah, <laughs> but I find the organizers are the ones you know, they get everybody in the room and then they're kind of reluctant to, to ask. And yeah. so those, those in-house people are often not as good as the outhouse people are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, what's uh, because, yeah. Those outhouse people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And then to, to, you know, when you're telling jokes, people start to relate to your mistakes and sure. they kind of see the, the human side of you. And I, I think that is important for, uh, for just kind of building building some trust with, with people. And when you believe in a cause and I, I'm not going to do a fundraiser, um, you know, for a cause I don't believe in. Uh, it's just, that's, yeah. that's my, you know, that's my, my, well, I will, rules. if it pays, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> no, of course not. But <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask it a, a different question then. Um, 
So when a fundraiser is putting together an event and they're going to bring a comic in and stuff like that, how long beforehand should they really start making those plans? Do you think? I mean, I've, I've, I've been, I've been booked on stuff for a, you know, a year ahead of time. Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, and what I tell, what I tell organizations is, um, you know, I know comedy, you know, event planning. And if you're not used to having a comedy at your event, there's a lot, there's a lot more that goes into it than you would think. You know, it's not just somebody talking. It's, it's training people to focus on, on the joke and the staging and lighting. And there's, you know, audio, there's so much that could go wrong that makes a, a comedy not funny. Um, and so I, I always offer to work with them on planning. I've been a part of, of nonprofit organizations um, planning committees to set these things up for success. And I've, I, I've seen them go well and I've seen them go poorly over the years. So I usually insist on um, meeting with those committees and really kind of having, um, ha- having a good solid uh, plan going into it. And that requires just having a lot of time up front. But, you know, right after you book that venue, generally, you know, especially if you're going to have a headliner or if you're going to book a comedian as an MC, that really is the ought to be the second piece of the process. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you're booking. Yeah. Well, there's so much that uh, when you get a professional comedian, I mean, the, I'm not talking about the people who've been doing open mic for six months. I'm talking about people who've been at this for a while and have experience like you do, um, where they're bringing more to it than just showing up and, and doing a tight 10. Uh, it's, it's a much bigger deal. They can help you shape your event um, at acting as an assistant to your event staff. Yeah. 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 And, and that can make such a, such a big difference. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that's something I try to do as well. So yeah, very much on that. Yeah. And, and having like, you know, like you said, that experience working with a nonprofit kind of from the inside and, uh, and knowing how they struggle and what they need from from a headliner or an MC, that's a huge that's a huge part of it. Um, and I think you know you can't just kind of substitute a comedian in there. You want a comedian that knows how these specifically how fundraising events work. So that's a good piece. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, you know, and there's there's something very simple about incorporating uh, comedy into fundraising. And actually, it's it's almost the same principle as incorporating alcohol into a, a fundraising opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, people get loose, you know, um, dopamine gets flowing and people are laughing and having fun. And uh, that allows them uh, to to be able to uh, give a little bit more and, and uh, be involved in that. Um, I know Pat McLaughlin, he, he runs uh, he's he's a fundraising uh guru he owns a company called the timothy group and and i think this number is not going to sound real um but i think they've raised over two trillion dollars uh yeah. for um for different places he, he wrote the major donor game plan and just a just a brilliant brilliant person about the relationship dynamics of uh of fundraising but he and i uh we connect every once in a while and and you know he he's a funny guy you know, and and uh, humor. If if people can get uh, laughing just a little bit, it uh, it helps the fundraising process a great deal. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's a that's a great point that it, it does it does kind of relate to alcohol um, in that you know people people cut loose and they kind of lose some of the inhibitions. But I I think you know the the, the advantage of comedy over alcohol is that there's this this kind of this building of trust and, and, and this human side of, of things that really, really pulls out people's inner nature um, and their, their benevolent nature. People, you know, people really do care and want to help others. And when they see a good cause, um, they just, they just kind of need, um, they need to be able to let their guard down or, or kind of throw away the, the ridiculous barriers that keep us from doing good. And, uh, and comedy is a great, is a great guilt-free way of, of, um, kind of cutting loose and letting go of those inhibitions and, uh, and really prioritizing what, what really is important in life. You know, we, we can laugh off the small stuff and, uh, and do something about the big stuff. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. 
Hey, great news. The Laugh Fest Recovery Showcase is back again this year. Uh, we are going to have this event on March 17th at Monroe Community Church in downtown Grand Rapids. That is on 1020 Monroe Street Northwest, again in downtown Grand Rapids. Uh, we're going to be joined by an incredible group of uh, comedians. Uh, Mary Santora is going to be there. Uh, her debut comedy album, uh, Hillbilly Bougie, uh, debuted at number one on both Amazon and iTunes. Uh, she is a phenomenal comedian, and she is going to be hilarious. Uh, Matt Kahn is also there, super funny dude from the Detroit area. Uh, he's going to be up uh, joining us, and it's going to be a good time. I, uh, Aaron Soros, the unemployed alcoholic, will be your host, and uh, I am super excited for us all to get together and laugh together. Uh, the thing that makes this show so special is that all three of us comedians have recovery stories. We all have experienced addiction recovery in some way, shape, or form. Uh, that said, the show is not just uh, for the addiction recovery crowd. It is for everybody, and it is free for everybody. Super funny show, super funny comedians, all for free as part of the Laugh Fest uh, uh, Laughter RX programming. So that's going to be uh, super fun. I hope to see you there. Uh, it's it's going to be a great crowd, great uh, venue, great comedians, and great you. <laughs> hope to see you there again March 17th, 7 p.m. at Monroe Community Church, which is located on 1020 Monroe Street, uh, or Monroe Avenue, I think, northwest in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Talk to you soon. Good stuff, Steve. Uh, thank you for sharing that. It's always good to hear some of the great things that can be accomplished uh, through humor. Speaking of great things that can be accomplished uh, through humor, we like to dig a little bit deeper in the second half and uh, find out what's going well and maybe why it might be going well. And then also even some things that you might be struggling with and kind of chat that through. So, uh, Steve, what is going well? Well, um <laughs> I, uh, in my personal life, man, I just got engaged. Uh, hey, just, congratulations. Crazy. Or yeah, that's, you. that's going well. That's not something you're struggling with, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> it, it really could go into both categories. So much of my comedy is, uh, is about, um, you know, being divorced and, dating and just sort of navigating that life as a, as a single man. And, um, and I, I kind of look at my uh, fiance and I think, okay, well, now I got to write new jokes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I mean, especially, uh, given that, that, uh, you know, not only have you experienced some hard things there, but, uh, but actually, uh, developed comedic material around that. I, I commend you, man, for, for finding, uh, love once again and, and be, being engaged, uh, that congratulations, man. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. That's terrific. All right, and that concludes our podcast. <laughs> Is this was somebody? Did somebody pose a fundraising question? Because that, <laughs> that was an awkward silence. No, that's, that's what's going well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so when's when's the date? Steve? So we haven't we haven't set a date yet. Uh, you know, my family's in Florida. Her family is is uh, up here in Indiana. And um, so we're just kind of looking at logistics and, you know, you, you kind of have to start with that list of who's, who's going to be mad if they don't get to be there <laughs> right. um, and then you kind of work through who you want to be there. And uh, so we're, <laughs> we're looking at, you know, how, how many people have to relocate and, and all this, but uh, we have agreed that uh, we don't want anything massive. We don't, we want it to be small, yeah. um, but, but bigger than something on it the courthouse steps. So yeah. somewhere, somewhere in there we'll, we'll land the plane, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's real, it's all very fresh. I mean, it's just this weekend. And, uh, in fact, I, I hesitated to tell you, but since it's not going to be released for a few more days, I 
<laughs> that gives me time to get down right. the, the list of people. So. Yeah. So yeah. you have so time to, to get the hold of the rest of your family. Yeah. <laughs> I got some phone calls to make as soon as we get done. As soon as we get done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. right. That's uh, that's fair. Yeah. All <laughs> that's, right. That's good. So uh, yeah, and anybody who knows Steve and is learning about this uh, on the podcast. You know, he specifically wanted to to uh, share the news with you through the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Yes, yes, this <laughs> this will drive up your uh, your listeners quite a bit. So. <laughs> yeah, that's this right. Is where yeah. news breaks. That's the announcement break. coming on this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will they or will they not? Yeah. <laughs> we can get a good. Uh, uh, friends that uh, never mind never mind i was gonna i was gonna you know sometimes i try to say things uh funny uh and then i get partway through and i'm like you know what uh, i'm not I'm, cancel that. I, yeah cancel that. <laughs> i usually get a little bit further through before i realize it wasn't worth saying and then you know, it's <laughs> yeah and i never yeah. recognize when it's not funny so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i just keep talking yeah yeah <laughs> But, you know, you ask about uh, the, the good, what's been going well. And this, this sounds kind of uh, kind of sick, but I, I was, was at a point uh, a few years ago, um, you know, and, and being a nurse and doing comedy and acting and, and, uh, and singing telegrams, there was, there was a point. Every December, I generally make, um, make a lot more money doing uh, comedy than I do working as a nurse. And um, I usually have so many gigs are requested that um, I have to turn down because I'm I'm working as a nurse and so I, I started talking with my father and most I don't know what your experience has been but generally families are not really encouraging uh, <laughs> of, of people of comments to quit their uh, day job with great job security and jump into this gig economy of uh, stand-up but my dad said, man, I, I think you should go for it. I think you really should. Um, awesome. I think it's, I think it's time. I think it's time. And wow. um, I, I hesitated for just a little bit. And I thought, let me, let me do, uh, let me do one more, one more season of this, um, just juggling both yeah. and, and see how it goes. And um, I got a call from a, from a former coworker. She's a, a manager of mine asking if I would do some um, uh, some work for the university as an adjunct uh, professor and I, I thought well let me let me see what what that looks like because that would that kind of job would give me a, a quite a bit more flexibility than than a hospital job being mm-hmm. uh, yeah. being able to leave and do gigs and things and uh, in a sense there's some uh, there's sort of an element of stage time and just public speaking and that so that might be good um, and so I, I leaned against my father's advice. Uh, I leaned a little bit more into the, the professional nursing job. And, um, and, and shortly thereafter, um, that was the end of 2019. I, I went in full time at that point. Mm. Um, and would you know, this pandemic hits and, um, and, and had I leaned fully into comedy, I would be, um, I think I would be devastated, uh, <laughs> At this point, I mean, I, I could have certainly changed lanes and, and jumped back in, but uh, jumped into grad school and um, and and have kept very busy through the pandemic um, uh, doing that, which is an opportunity I, I wouldn't have had if the gigs were as lucrative as they had been, you know, in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I hate to say that, put this in the good category because yeah. because my heart goes out to so many talented friends that are just struggling uh, yeah. to, to book shows and, and or having to change kind of the way they do comedy. But uh, for me, it's been, it's been kind of a break uh, to focus on um, uh, getting a little more education and, and, and finding other, um, other ways to use my creative skills and, and do what I love and help with the, the nursing shortage. So uh, yeah. I put that, like I said, I put that in the good, good category, but uh, man, I, I think we're coming out of this pandemic and I think, the world of comedy is is uh, is going to be bigger and better than it ever was because now more than ever people just need they just need a good laugh you know and yeah. and um, uh, it's like they you know, remember we about- why they were do going to hear comedy and see comedy and watch movies and shows and oh yeah and live is different yeah 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 and it's and it's just something I 
I don't I don't put a lot of recorded stuff out there because I I just enjoy being out being out in a, in a live room and I to me there's no substitute for it so I don't want to I don't want to substitute what I do. <laughs> for yeah. <other> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that story belongs absolutely in the good category. I mean, there's, there's uh, some incredible things there. You know, I mean, uh, first off that had to feel really good to have your dad uh, acknowledge where you're at and oh, yeah. give you the respect and, and appreciation to say, Hey, you know what? You could do this. That's yeah. that had to feel great. Huh? Yeah. 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 It, it it did, and I know that's that's something that uh, that not a lot of people get that kind of uh, endorsement. So yeah, that was that was really huge for me. Um, yeah. I did uh, with the club uh, Brian, where we met in Greenwood. Yeah. Um, I did a show. Uh, I did a show there right about that time, and mm-hmm. I had some people in the audience that uh, that were coming to see me live to determine if they wanted to book me for a, a fundraiser. Um, and they did, and I I did a show here in my hometown, uh, or yeah, in, in uh, Indiana. Uh, absolutely packed house, sold out, sold out show, um, and and that was January of 2020. So two months later, <laughs> yeah, the whole concept of packing the house was right. was gone. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, being uh, being a hiatus from comedy, that was a good way. That was a good note to end on, and. I didn't, I don't think I did another comedy show until October. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a zoom show. So I, I played to <laughs> a room. Uh, my, my fiance was in the room, the, the, the two that booked me and the janitor, uh, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the yeah. show went out on zoom. Um, but yeah, that was, that was 2020 at least, at least, uh, ended on a good note. <laughs> Well, good stuff indeed. Uh, to flip that around a little bit, though, uh, what's something that you're struggling with, Steve? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, busyness is—it's kind of my worst enemy. I love—I love being busy. It keeps me keeps me active, keeps me thinking, and, and on my feet. Um, and so, always juggling juggling life is, is sort of the the blessing and the and the curse. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, my, my, my life circumstance is kind of changing. So I've, I find that, you know, as, as things change, I have to kind of adapt and, and, uh, and change my material has to change with my, mm-hmm. with my life. So I find I'm, I'm retiring jokes because they just don't work on a, on a crowd. <laughs> they just know. don't work if you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's people like, he's not being genuine. He's actually happy. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I had a, I had a friend several years ago. Um, booked me for a, a wedding, um, and he he got the gig and wasn't comfortable doing the whole the whole set. So he um, he asked if he could open for me and, and kind of give me the bulk of the time. And I, you know, like an idiot, I said, "Heck yeah!" Uh, <laughs> and then as I'm driving to the wedding, I, it occurred to me that uh, <laughs> these people aren't going to like my humor because I'm pretty pretty staunchly anti marriage in, yeah. in all of my jokes. So I. I kind of scrambled to, to think of some some jokes that I could tell to at least make them think I was happily married, um, get a few laughs, get them on my side, and then turn it into, um, yeah, but now I'm divorced, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and here's why that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it worked. It worked by the grace of God at, at this wedding. They, uh, they enjoyed it, and then, you know, it turned out there was enough people in the crowd that could relate. To, to the to the dark humor of, of being a divorced man that uh, they went there with me and I'm so grateful that was one of my most favorite shows uh, that I got to do um, and then you know I started uh, started dating um, my now fiance and brought her to a show I did at a casino and just didn't didn't see it coming that um, that people when I started telling the jokes about being married, People were going to assume that the, the beautiful woman that I walked in with was my wife, uh, and so I got a few laughs talking about, uh, you know, marriage. And then when I when I started telling my divorce jokes for the very first time, uh, they didn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody was laughing, and what I didn't realize that she later told me was that she was getting all of these looks of just sympathy and people oh. like offering her a ride home. <laughs> <laughs> 
and um, and we realized that uh, that the, the perception of the crowd was that um, that she was she was my wife and then now ex-wife and then I start talking about dating and there's just so many I hate to say so many women <laughs> in my set that uh, that people just didn't know where to place her and, and how to work her in my life. So as always, you know, the struggle I think with, with, with writing and delivering comedy is you have to, you do, you have to keep it real. You have to keep it genuine and, and in the moment. And um, uh, so I, I, I always kind of like to keep a layer of privacy between my, my stage and my personal life. Um, but, but at some point there's almost too much separation and people, yeah. people don't connect with me anymore when they yeah. don't really understand yeah. Uh, you kind of, this is no reflection on her in any way other than you kind of created an <laughs> elephant in the room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were all like, wait, what's, but who's the, <laughs> I don't know. under, and they're thinking about that instead of listening to your jokes. Yeah. And, and I had, I had met the CEO, uh, this was for a hospital company and um, I w- we'd met the CEO just, you know, maybe 20 minutes before going on stage. And so he went up to introduce me. And he casually mentioned something about, uh, you know, Steve and his wife and everybody at, at our table laughed because they knew that we were um, we were not married. But he didn't quite understand what was so funny about it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then um, mm-hmm. and then, of course, they're having that introduction that really turned, <laughs> yeah, yeah. turned the crowd against because, boy, I came off like an awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Steve, Steve, I got to tell you, man, I'm excited about this next uh, phase in your life, this phase where uh, you're you're now engaged and uh, you can find the funny in that as opposed to uh, finding the funny in, in uh, being divorced. You know, I think this is going to be a really cool time for you. I think this is going to be a time that you're going to be able to find some balance. Um the fact is with, with our other half, um, it's easier to live a balanced life. Uh, I know you, you've got an incredible amount of stuff going on, but, uh, but I think you're going to be able to, uh, find balance. I think you're going to be able to find the funny in being engaged and married, and you're going to have opportunities to share that, uh, in a very positive light, uh, with, with crowds and all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am looking forward to it. It's another, it's, it's a challenge, both both professionally and comedically, uh, but I'm 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 bring it on. I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this yeah. is this is really good, man. Uh, again, I appreciate you uh, sharing. You know, I, I, again, like it's it, you said it, it. It's both the positive and the and the negative. You know, because uh, <laughs> there's some challenges that that come along with any kind of a, a life transition like that. But man, I, again, I'm just excited to see what's coming yeah. down the pipe for you. Yeah, and congratulations yeah. again. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. All right, you. Steve. Here's here's the big question. Uh, if somebody Is wanted, this, to, Brian, are you well, popping the question to Steve because yeah. he oh, just said he's? I didn't. Engaged. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is rather sudden. Uh, my wife is going to be uh, a little surprised, a little, a little dismayed, uh, a lot angry. And um, what I was really going to ask Steve is uh, if somebody wanted to hire Steve Jerk for a corporate show, for a fundraiser, a club, how's the best way for people to get a hold of you well i think like uh like many of us i i, I do a lot of booking on gig salad uh, and i think it's just gig salad uh forward slash steve jerk indianapolis um and that uh that kind of handles all the, the calendaring and details of, of the booking process um i i i had rules <laughs> i had rules up until covid no no backyard barbecues <laughs> and no restaurants, uh, no birthday parties, you know, yep. stuff like that. And I swear to you, that's that's all I've booked since uh, <laughs> since, since the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've I found the backyard barbecue was was not the worst gig ever. Um, the restaurant wasn't the worst gig ever. No, nope. um, I will tell you, and I, I did an assisted living uh, <laughs> last year as well. Yeah, my and worst that, gig. That ever. was the worst gig. Ever. No, go ahead. What was the worst gig ever? What? Tell us all. <laughs> right. Well, the stand, my worst stand-up gig ever was uh, was an old country church. 
Um, and it was, I was late on a Sunday night, which nobody really wants to be at. And there was a nasty storm and a warm front came in on top of, you know, cold. And, uh, and so the church was really hot and Mm. muggy. It had been raining. So all these farmers just wanted to get home and, um, they had a big pitch in apple pie and all this, you know, peach cobbler, whatever. And, um, and, and right about the time everybody was ready to fall asleep. Uh, then, hey, we've got a comedian for you, guys. Steve Jerk, let's head on down to the fellowship <laughs> hall. And you can bring your pie if you want to. And um, it was it was one of those classic uh, moments of just uh, not reading the crowd. Uh, I've got to, I've got to, being a nurse, I've got a joke that, that has always worked well for me. I, I struggled with it after the show, but it, in the joke, I, I don't recognize that the patient's in front of me. Uh, does not have legs. Uh, she's a, she had been, she was a double amputee and they were asking me to help her get to bed. I'm, I'm, I should just tell the joke, but I'm paraphrasing it in a non-funny way. <laughs> so far, so but good. Yep. This, this sets up the whole shtick of nurse jerk, you know, that, that yeah. my not realizing that she didn't have legs. I gave the worst advice, um, you know, and, and, um, and the, the audience, in, as they're hearing the joke, really sympathized with the patient, um, and and that's that's obviously um, what I that's my goal for the joke. Um, but there has to be some some ability to relate to me as the poor poor sap who didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. Um, and so rather than laughing at the punchline, um, they gasped and. Uh, I, I thoroughly lost them and basically was sweating bullets for the rest of the show, trying to get them back. And they just hated, they hated me for, um, for, for not saying the right thing to uh, the patient in my, sure. in my story. I was thinking, and, you know, uh, they, they hated you for the next 45 minutes, but I'm pretty sure they still hate you. Yeah, yeah, they still, they still do. I, yeah. <laughs> I am not allowed to go to Calvary Baptist Church ever again. I tell you nope. that. Much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had a, I had a, um, a singing telegram um, just, just not too long ago. I think maybe over the, it was over the summer. Uh, and singing telegrams have been surprisingly busy because you're already wearing, you know, if you're in a costume, you're already wearing a mask. So, uh, so that side of things has been pretty, pretty good, um, through the pandemic, but, um, this was a, uh, this was a, um, the guy about my age, downtown Cincinnati, uh, and the, and the, the, um, the person surprising him wanted, wanted me to sing the greatest showman, which was a song, you know, a song I knew, uh, I had, I had heard before. I shouldn't say I didn't know it. (laughs) You I heard, heard it, it yeah. before. You, you, you and, went to see the uh, movie. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know how it is. Learning, yeah. we booked this maybe twenty-four hours, uh, maybe forty-eight hours in advance. It was a very short turnaround. I was out of town for a conference, and um, and I just I decided I would learn the lyrics on the flight home because I was actually driving from the airport to go do the gig. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> You know where this is going, Brian? <laughs> I, can, I can hear it. I can hear it in the back of my head. <laughs> so I, I kind of sing through the song in my hotel room, and I'm like, I could hit all the notes. It's in my range. So let's you know get the track ready, do all this. And I, I decide, you know, I'm going to focus on the conference. I'll learn the lyrics. You know, I'll just commit it to memory, like I do a script. You know, I'll, I'll do that on the plane ride home. And um, man, I got on that on that plane. The kid next to me just talked. The entire time I put my headphones in and he'd show me his phone. I mean, he was just determined <laughs> to have my attention the entire flight home. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I put on this ridiculous costume. When I get to Cincinnati, I find the, the guy in the, in the downtown square and crank up the music. And I start this really dramatic entrance to the song and then blank. Yo, absolutely. The whole, the yep. whole downtown Cincinnati is watching this show. Which I'm claiming is going to be the greatest show, and then I just mumbled and fumbled through. Uh, like there's 17 verses in that song. It's like a yeah. rap. Like it's super quick, <laughs> yep. and I just stood there and stared. Once I got everyone's attention on me, then just stared at them with 
no clue what the next line was uh, <laughs> until the chorus. And then I mumbled the chorus and it was a disaster, an absolute disaster. And, and, uh, and that's a perfect example of how we know how to bomb and how to get back up again. You know, it, it, uh, it was one of those things where I, the ride home, I was like, do I need to give this up? Do I need to just stop? Do I need to, yep. yeah. And there is a lesson of knowing your limits. Like, okay, 24 turn 24 hour turnaround to learn a new song and, um, and develop this whole thing is probably a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, to our dear listeners, uh, make sure you catch Steve. Yes. Jerk. One week notice only on the, yeah. uh, yeah, give, uh, give him a little, give him a little time, but he's totally worth it. Steve, thank yeah. you so much for being on the show with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, guys. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. We bring comedians together, performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from coarse language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring clean comedy time to you.